Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Jessica, and you're listening to the Lifting You Higher podcast. Where we like to take heavy topics and lighten them up. Our goal is to encourage and lift you up on this journey we call life. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. Jessica. We're so glad you're here to listen to us tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about our testimonies because the Bible says that you overcome the the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimonies. And so we thought we've never shared, I don't think, maybe just bits and pieces, but we've never shared our full testimony of how we came to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so we thought we'd talk about it just because it might give encouragement to you. It might give you, um, I think sometimes if you're already saved and have Jesus in your heart listen to other people's testimonies helps you form your own because everybody should be able to at a drop of a hat recite their testimony of how yes. they got saved yeah, and accept you should always have that play that card that playing card stored somewhere in your brain that you can or file that you can pull out immediately and give it because that is powerful that is part of your testimony sometimes just telling the story gets other people saved yeah. because they're like, I, I need what you got. And I'm was in that position. I'm in that position now and I need out like you got out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we thought, well, we'll just talk about our testimonies and share them. And, um, you know, no pressure. Don't feel like you have to write yours down and everything. But I think, yeah. I think we should all be prepared, especially in these days and times, because man, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <telling> <laughs> really? We don't. And so, um, you need to, you need, just need to be prepared at any time, any place, drop it out and yeah. just like roll it out and be ready to go and, and get everything in it that you think is important and sometimes shave off the extra that maybe mm-hmm. need, needs not to be there, but just be ready to go. And so, um, I'm going to give my testimony of how I got saved. And then Jessica, who I, I love this part is going to <laughs> go ahead and tell what yours is about. Oh, um, my rededication to Christ, That's right. not exciting uh, story. So. Well, no, that's important because there's a lot of people out there that were that were practicing Christians and then for whatever reason walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, when tragedy hits, yeah. that's the way the enemy works. When tragedy hits and things didn't go the way that you think they should go or things aren't happening the way you sh- think they should happen, then some people walk away. Mm-hmm. That's that one in 99 that yeah. Jesus talked about, you know, yeah. I said, listen, I'm going to go after that one that, you know, walked away for whatever. And so, um, it's important to hear someone talk about that and give their testimony because it's real. It's just as real mm-hmm. and just as important. And so, um, my testimony starts where, um, I was 21, 29, I was 21. <laughs> I was 29 years old, um, living in the world. Um, I, I would tell people that my Bible was the Cosmo magazine. Um, I know it's still around, but back in the day that would, so that would be 1990. Mm -hmm. Um, Cosmo was a big magazine. It was probably an inch thick and it was the glossy and beautiful. And, um, (laughs) it told you, you know, 10 ways to keep a man or, you know, 15 ways to look beautiful. You know, it was, it was my Bible. And, um, and I subscribed to it and I, that I just loved that magazine. 
And I would love to be, I'd love to walk around with it in my hand, you know, like I was really cool. I had to cause my magazine. But anyway, um, <laughs> so that was my world. I was li- I was totally had t- gone the way of the world. And what the world told me was, was cool and was, was um, successful. That's the how I way and how I should be living. That's how I should be living. And um, on top of that, I also had some extreme baggage that I carried with me out of my um, childhood. And, um, you know, the funny thing about uh, now that I'm 60, which hurts to say, but <laughs> in your 20s, you are, it's just rough ride. You're just rough riding it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you've left your home, Honest, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is, and you are out on your own. You're just rough riding it. In your 30s, you start to kind of start put together. And then in your forties, you have it. You pretty much have it together, and you're and it's like smooth sailing. Um, but anyway, so I was twenty nine, and I had a boyfriend, and we were although we each had a, our own apartments, we were kind of living together. And um, I was I was not happy. I, I just I was I had a job. I should have been happy according to the world mm-hmm. because I had a job, I had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. I had an apartment. I should be happy. And, but I wasn't, I just had this, I was just like, I, I was, in, I had a part of my heart that just hurt all the time. Nothing, nothing took away the pain yeah. or the emptiness. And so, um, I thought, well, even though I had a very poor, um, um, a very, very poor, uh, opinion of marriage, I thought, well, maybe if I get married, I'll be happy. Mm. So, um, and then things will turn around. And meanwhile, while this decision in my head is going on, um, I start working with a lady who is a born again Christian and she would always ask me to church every day, you know, almost, I think she asked me to church a hundred times <laughs> and I would, I would always say, why do I always get the Christian nutheads, you know, you know, the holy rulers, why do I always get paired up with one of them? You know, and I, and I found her somewhat annoying, but also she was so nice. I couldn't, you know, it was like kicking a puppy. I couldn't yeah, be rude to her. Sure. So, um, so she was so nice and I couldn't be rude to her. I just was like, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't go to church. I don't go to church, but thank you very much. Um, oh, and my response was always, I'm Catholic. I don't, you know, so I can't go. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a whole nother story. So I, uh, I, uh, I thought, well, maybe if I get married, I'll be happy because I had a very poor merit, poor opinion of marriage. I always picked men out that were not the marrying kind mm. or had a, had some kind of reason why I knew they would never marry. And yeah. so that was my safeguard because I, I, um, I just couldn't, I just knew that that was a situation. I was never going to put myself in a situation where I was married to someone else and was hooked to someone by law that we, I was in a position where I might be, um, very unhappy might be not only would I be, the um, abuser, but I would also be abused, the abusee. Yeah. I didn't want to be in either, I didn't want to be either, either position. So I wanted nothing to do with it. So, um, so what I did is I, I invited the guy over and I said, listen, you know, come on over. We need to talk. It came over and I said, um, listen, I, I'm not happy. And um, I think the only way we can be happy is if we um, get married. And um, I said, so, you know, if you want a small wedding, we need to get married in three months. You need to pick a date in three months. If you want a big wedding, you need to pick a date in six months. And then let's just get married. And maybe then I'll be, you know, completely happy. And he looked at me and we were, st- he was, we were standing at the door. I hadn't even let him in yet. And he said, um, he said, you're joking. And I said, no, I'm dead serious. 
And prior to him coming over, I had gotten a paper bag and gone through the house and picked up all his item, personal items that had collected at my apartment and thought in case he, you know, decides to say no, I, I don't want to have to, you know, I want it over yeah. with then and there. Wow. I know it was pretty, I mean, it's pretty cold blood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. And you know, that song by Beyonce, everything of yours is in a box to the left. I had it in a grocery bag to the left. And um, that was even a song that came out after. Yeah. I should get royalties for that. Yeah, you should. Whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, I stood at the door and I said, you know, here, here's the deal. And, and he looked at me, he laughed, he said, you got to be kidding. And I said, no, I'm serious. And he said, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to get married. You know I'm, I'm not going to get married. And I said, well, okay then. And I opened the door completely and showed him the bag. And I said, here's your things that I've, I've collect, you know, collected over here. And I just want to make sure you get them back. And he goes, you're joking. And I said, no, I'm really serious. And so I handed it to him. And he goes, fine, we'll just see. Because th- he thought that I would, you know, capitulate and, and yeah, you know, and call yeah, him back and say, yeah. I'm so sorry, I lost my mind. You know, come back, don't let's not oh. break up. And I said, no, I'm serious. And I shut the door. And and I and he, and he laughed. And I, and I went and I sat on the bed and I thought, oh, my God, what did I just do? <laughs> it, and I mean, it was like it was like an outer body experience. I still to this day can't yeah. believe I did that. Where did that strength come from? I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit was positioning me so that I was ready to come to him. And so um, I uh, when I graduated from college, my sister, who was a born again Christian, gave me a Bible and in the Bible was money. And she said that she told me the reason why she gave me the, the Bible, the money was because she knew I would only get the Bible. I would only take the Bible if I knew there was money inside of it. Smart. And she was right. And so, and, and I was a heathen, but I wasn't heathen enough to throw a Bible away. Yeah. So wherever I would move, I would pack that stupid Bible and move, you know, it would come with me. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was in a box in the bottom of my closet. And so I got the Bible out and I said, listen, God, and I, I had gone to church a couple of times to this uh, not den- denominational church and I got the Bible out and I said, and bitch and I said, listen, God, if you really are who you are, here's the deal. I'll give you my life, but I don't want to feel any pain from this breakup. I don't want to shed one tear. I don't want to feel one twinge of a broke up, broke up yeah. feeling in my heart. Cause I knew up to that point what it was like to go through a horrible breakup, you know, what, it, how horrible it felt. And I was terrified that this one was a huge, you know, was, was big deal. Um, because I had come to actually trust this man, which is something I had never done before. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is this is huge. I'm afraid. I'm terrified of what I just did. And so here's the deal. You can have my life, but I don't want to shed one tear. I don't want to have one twinge of a breakup in my, you know, of a twinge of pain in my heart. I want to be as if it never happened. And I will give you my life. I don't know what, how much it's worth at this point because I don't really know what I can do for anything, but you can have it. And so, um, put the Bible down, went to bed. Next morning I woke up and I went to church and, um, I was like that basically that night was my night of accepting Jesus as my savior. I just hadn't done it publicly. Sure. So I went to church the next morning, Sunday morning, and, um, it was a normal church. And again, my friend who was, I work, and now she's my friend, the Christian yeah. I work with who <laughs> kept pestering me. Yeah. She goes, well, you know, you need to really come tonight. You need to come tonight because, um, you know, it's a big, we're having a big, um, a church gathering and you just need to come. This guy's coming to preach and it's going to be awesome. So I thought, wow, we're going to church twice in one yeah. day. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a new, it must be snowing in <laughs> hell, you know, or something like that. So I thought, okay. So I went to church that night 
And of course, that night I was so uh, such a heathen. I didn't know no no Christian lingo, yeah. you know, about what yeah. getting saved. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know about it, what a, um, a preaching a sermon for the lost was about. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know any, I didn't know what an altar call was. I didn't know any of that lang- sure. lingo. And but the man preached, and he said, "If you want, there's six reasons." He preached six reasons why you don't want to go to hell. Oh, and I and I knew I was going to hell, and I thought, yeah. oh great, so I'm going to hell, mm-hmm. and my life is in the toilet. Yeah, that's what all this hustling. Uh, and so, um, I thought, you know, I need, I need, I think I need God. I've tried everything, mm-hmm. but I've never tried God. Yeah. So let's give God a chance. So when he said, if you want to give God a chance, if you want to come, don't want to go to hell, then come down here now, and we will make it so that that doesn't happen. So I I got up and I walked down, and um. I uh, and then I accepted Jesus as my savior publicly. Then, mm-hmm. so um, that's how and I began my life. And God was really good. He placed me in a church, of in a place where people uh, took in new believers, and um, I and the rest is history. And so the moral of the story is that you know, and I and I tell you this too. I never felt a twinge, never shed a tear, mm-hmm. even in my saddest times where I tried to feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And really, you know, it's like, I'm really going to muster up, it, you know, I'm so sad. You know, I was like, I was like, I can't even muster a tear up, you know, and you know how yeah. as women, we can muster tears oh, yeah. up if oh, we yeah. have to. And I was like, I can't get one to come up. You know? I was like, I was like, okay. And I never felt heartache. Never. And I was like, okay, God, you, you win. You can't. You get, I got it. Okay. like, you did what I asked. <laughs> So I gotta, you know, keep my side yeah. of the bargain, and um, and so that, and so when people say, "Is it okay to bargain with God?" When you, say, yeah, yes, it Hello. is. <laughs> yes. He loves that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it was like that's how I came to Jesus, and that's my story. That's so. awesome. That's great. So <laughs> Transition. maybe um, be that pesky, pesky, yeah, like, oh, work part, you know, yeah, you know, worker that- and. That is with a doubt. You know, if you've asked someone, I tell people, listen, if you've asked someone a hundred times to come to church, ask them one more time, mm-hmm. because it might be that hundred and one time that they come, because I'm telling you, this lady asked me to church all the <laughs> time. I mean, and, and I would always try to be nice and I would say, no, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. I, but she would just, she was relentless and she wasn't relentless in a rude, pushy, um, uh, dim, you know, condescending like you have way. to come to church with me no it was just that. like hey yeah. no don't forget we had church today you know church mm-hmm. this sunday at 10 o'clock you know where you know or something yeah. like that you know she was always very positive upbeat about it never pushy never condemning condemning about it never um you know rude or anything and um and it wasn't until i was at my lowest point where i thought you know what i got to lose i mm-hmm. must well go give it a shot i've given everything else to try yep been there <laughs> been there <laughs> Um, okay, so um, this is the story of coming back to, to Christ. Um, so my family, I hate starting the story off like this, but like my family didn't like, so we moved um, when, when I was, I think in middle school, just started middle school. And so we, when we moved, we were like two blocks away from a church, but we kind of went to church occasionally. Definitely on special holidays, we'd go to, like, a big church close to us. Um, and so we finally got plugged into this um, church um, after moving. And it was great for a while. Like, I was 
in youth, like I was on fire for Christ. It was awesome. Like I was telling people about Jesus. And then I, then it kind of just changed. Like it, um, I was dating this guy and which is now my husband, just a little side convo. I'll I'll come back to that. Um, but I was dating this guy and like, kind of like Brenda, I just wasn't happy. Like I was like, what, what am I, why am I doing this? Like, who is this Jesus person? And why am I following him? Why do I have to come to church every time the doors are open kind of thing? And so, um, we ended up breaking up and I moved away to college. It was, uh, our senior year, freshman year, senior year of high school, freshman year of college, that kind of time. I moved, um, to college and it just kind of fell apart. And I was like, Ooh, parties. This sounds a lot of fun. Like, you know, like these cute frat boys were inviting me to parties. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let's go. Like, and so it just slowly started, you know, escalating. I got kicked out of the first college because of my grades. <laughs> and then... <laughs> oh, that was not the first one I got kicked out. Uh, first or last one. And then, so I went to another uh, community college and got kicked out for my grades. And then at that point, I was like, I'm done. Because, like, this guy and I broke up. And then he brought his that current girlfriend to church and at that moment i was like you have forgotten about me god like i am done like i'm not having this anymore like i was crying in the lobby and my friend was trying to console me i was like i'm done so at that point on i was like i got kicked out of school i'm going to a different school but i'm gonna move three hours away from my house just to get away from everybody you know so don't see anybody and that was a huge mistake, but a learning, <laughs> a learning mistake for sure. Um, and so it did like the drinking and partying didn't stop, obviously, because I, it was a very small town. And what do you do in small towns? You either drink or get pregnant. Drink or have sex or get pregnant. I mean, and then throw in some drugs here and there. Um, so <laughs> I was going to school, but my main focus was partying, hanging out with guys and, you know, being a little promiscuous, you know, um, after, and so it, it like, honestly, I like had job after job got fired because, well, I didn't want to work. I needed money so I could buy booze and cigarettes and chewing tobacco. Oh, just go. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was not my finest moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but man, only by the grace of God am I here right now, but but you still had Jesus in your heart. I yeah, I feel like Jesus was still there. I, this is just a story of grace. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. But I was just like, I'm done. Like I ran the complete opposite direction. You were that one. I was the yeah. one, and he was chasing after me the whole time. Because let me tell you, um, before I moved into a house with two other people, um, the cops came to my apartment because I was having a party, and everybody except for two people were underage. And I would have went to jail that night had they not locked their keys in their running vehicle and couldn't arrest anybody. Oh, my God. The cop had to call his wife for for her to bring his spare set of keys up. But so and then the other um, person that was of age, like, escaped through my bedroom window after, like, breaking it. And this was like some random guy. I had no idea. Like somebody, a friend had invited him. 
And so I was like, okay, well, I got to be a lot better at parties now. So I didn't host them. I just went to them. Still, like, running and not able to keep a job. Like, I was asking my parents, send me money, send me money. Because I would spend all my money on, like, booze and cigarettes and um, and the club, you know, because yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and then, so I moved into a house with two other girls, two of my friends. Well, one was my friend, one really wasn't. So I was, you know, like, clubbing every night. I was doing whatever the heck I wanted. And I was on probation at school, about to get kicked out. And oh, then... Fourth time or third time? <laughs> fourth, fourth time. <laughs> because of my grades, not because of anything else I was doing. Surprisingly. Again, favor and the grace of God. Um, so, my... I had just gotten fired from my convenience store job. Hated that job. Worst job ever. Well, next to... Right next to um, a hotel maid. With oil field workers staying there long term. Yuck. Okay. Anyway, side note. <laughs> so I. <laughs> That's a humbling job. Oh, well, okay. Um, yes. Yes, it is. I feel, I feel for those, um, man, for those people who have to clean rooms. It's just gross. Anyway, so I had just gotten fired. I didn't have any money. And my two roommates came to me one night and was like, we're moving out. Like, you need to get your act together because you don't, I mean, we, we're afraid you're not going to have money to pay for your bills. And so we're moving out. And I was like, really? Wow. Um, okay. I was like, well, what the heck am I going to do? Well, I was like, I guess I'll just move back home because I'm getting kicked out of school anyway. <laughs> it was not, it was not a good situation. And so, um, I somehow was dealing with that and that night later that night of course we stay up late all night um it was like midnight before I went to bed and they were like there's some like creepy dude outside and I looked I didn't see anything I was like oh I'm sure it's just you know so-and-so's neighbor down the street or whatever because again this is a very small town and everybody knows everybody and so I went to bed and I woke up it was at exactly 333 Creepy, creepy time. And in my bedroom, I had three walls of windows because it was an old house. So I just had one interior wall. All the other walls were windows. And I woke up and I remember the time because I looked at the clock. So from behind my head, which was like a window, and then all the way around, there was this dark shadow coming around. I saw him on every single window, not at the same time, but it was like he was walking into my house. And so I got down on my knees and pulled out a a random book. Why I pulled this book out, I have no idea. But it's actually in my bookshelf right now, but it's called Bondage Breakers. I opened it to a random page and read a sentence and it said, Sometimes the enemy represents himself as a dark shadow coming to get you. And I was like, uh, what? That's not going to happen. So I was on my knees and I read that line. I'm telling you, I've read that book since and I have not found that sentence at all in that book. And it was definitely God chasing after me. So I, <clears throat> I was like, okay, God, I'm sorry. Like I, I wasn't like hundred percent honest, you know, like want, wanting him back. But I was like, okay, let's try this again. Like, you know, so I prayed the sinner's prayer and, um, 
it was not easy. I'm not saying that once you pray the sinner's prayer, all of your sin and all of your temptation goes away. Because it doesn't. Because I was dating somebody sort of on and off at the time. We were not being good Christians because he was not a Christian. And so we, I continued to struggle with some drinking, not so much, but with like having sex outside of marriage. And um, that temptation was real. And even like smoking some after, but I'm telling you, like God is good because I was not addicted to cigarettes. Like I could, I gave them up cold turkey and was like, I'm done, like done with cigarettes and tobacco in general and haven't looked back since. But um, God just continued to like be present and continued to love me, even though I messed up you know, continually after I gave my life. I mean, it took a while for our my relationships with my parents and my sister to get back to normal because I really burned all my bridges <laughs> because I was like, uh, I'm I'm done. Like, God, like, pretty much, no, not pretty much. I, t- I remember telling God several times, like, screw you, I'm done. Like, yeah. you forgot about me or whatever. So, yeah, that's my story. And it definitely hasn't been easy, like, um, life isn't easy, but God is so good and hasn't left or forsaken or forgotten any of us, including me. So you, you were the prodigal's daughter. Yeah. That uh, was brought back. Yeah. And, and, you know, they never talk about that. You know, <clears throat> you know, uh, this would make a great sermon, but no one ever, when they talk about the prodigal son, they never talk about the fact that, God, that, that father, when he ran out to meet his son. Yeah. They didn't magically pop back onto the property of yeah. the home. They had to walk back. And yeah. so there is a walking back time. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes Jesus will do a miraculous event where it's, you know, it's it's over. You're there and, and you didn't have to walk through it yeah. because he did a miracle in your heart. But there's other times where you have to walk it back. Mm-hmm. And so the father walked that prodigal son back. Yeah. And that is your testimony is yeah. that when you... When you decided, when you came back, when you're the one in the 99 and you were brought back, that there was a walking back. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we all had that experience and testimony in our lives where God did a miraculous work and it was like, God, you know, it was like, God, please take this away. Mm-hmm. And it's immediately taken away. And then there's other times <laughs> where we're in our life where we say, God, please take this away. And he's going, well, I'm going to take it away, but we're going to walk it out. Yeah. And so you were walked back. Yes. You didn't get to. I didn't get to just like flip a switch and like be free. But yeah, it was a process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people, you know, listen, if a woman that's nine months pregnant gets saved, that baby's just not going to go away. Yeah. That is coming. Yeah. It's still going to come out. It's still going to come out. And so, you know, there's times where things that the baggage that we bring with us to God and in Jesus, and then we get saved and delivered. But there's times where we still have that, that that seed that was planted yeah. nine months ago is, is still going to come out. And so, the, and that we're going to God and Jesus and I are going to walk through it, mm-hmm. but we're going to have to walk through it because it was planted six months ago. Yeah. So just like, you know, it's just like that baby's coming, you're going to have to walk it out. And so you had to walk back to the, walk back to the, mm-hmm. the property. It was almost like God saying, okay, well I forgive you, but let's, let's see if you're like mean at this time because you know, but yeah, there it was a healing, healing walk back to him. So exactly, exactly. So, so um, wow. So that's that's our testimonies, and 
And again, the purpose of this, our podcast today was just to encourage people to get your testimony down. And we probably maybe fudged a little and made our testimonies a little bit longer. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, just really be able to recite them so, and feel yeah. confident about talking to them. Yes. And because um, we live in a time where, you know, the word of your testimony is going to be powerful and people yes. are going to need to hear it. And your testimony might not be the same every time. Like, I have two testimonies. Yeah. One of my tra- my coming back to Jesus, to know Jesus, and two of a situation that's happened in my life that has brought healing and, you know, helped my marriage. So it just depends on what the Holy Spirit wants you to say. So it might change, but it is important to have, in- and I, <laughs> my mentor calls it a trail of transparency. Oh, yeah. So it's what, it's what you've been through, where you're going, and, you know, like, like where you've been, where you're going, and you know what you hope to accomplish. So yeah, yeah, and and listening to the Holy Spirit because, like you yeah. said, there may be times where you need to punch up that one part because yeah. that's what's really your wherever you are, whoever you're talking to, really needs to hear that part of it, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and and maybe not so much the other part, you mm-hmm. know, but really know which one to really punch it up with when you're going through it. But just really have it where you're comfortable and flowing with it, so that yeah. you can pull it out. And use it because people say, I never know what to say. Well, just tell them your story of how you came to Jesus. Yeah. They're like, well, I never really thought about it. Well, you need to think about it. Yeah. You need to have it ready because it's going to be a tool in your arsenal. And if you need to, do an elevator speech. <laughs> an elevator speech. You have like three minutes. Work down your testimony like, I was a sinner. I got kicked out of school after school after school. I was running the opposite way of, from Jesus. Then I... um. Jesus came knocking on my door by way of a demon shadow trying to come after me. And I gave my life back to him. And it's been, you know, great. So it's just like a condensed version of your testimony. That's good. That's good. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't have, you know, 10 minutes to talk to somebody about your testimony. You got to yeah. whip it out. So anyway, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, remember that you are loved that you are beautiful inside and out, that you are wanted and needed. And God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And if you don't know what that is, just pray and ask. And also we've had a podcast talking about that as well. So we just pray a blessing over everyone watching or listening. And we just pray that you um, stay safe and are blessed. And we will see you again soon.